for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast, a movie review episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me as always, I hope he's missing my co-host, Kirk. Ring, 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 ring. <laughs> ring, 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 ring. Hello. Where ring, are ring, you? Ring, Hello. Ring. Hello, Cam. <laughs> What's up? What's your favorite scary movie? Um, I think uh, that's a good question. I think I'm gonna go with. Think quickly. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm, this is bad radio. I'm gonna go with the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, sorry, not the answer we were looking for. <laughs> You're gonna die tonight. <laughs> uh, uh, see, it's not as good because you can't fall through. Where are you? I'm over here. Oh, I thought you were going to come up behind the- me and destroy me or something like that. Oh, no, I was just in the floor of my <laughs> basement bedroom. That's a pretty good ghost face voice. I always wonder, like, how they, I'm sure it's written about somewhere out there, but how do they, how do they do that? Like, is it a, are they, at this point, is it AI? Like, was it, was it a real person? And then now they just use, like, a AI or is it everybody just, like, voice acting? What's, what's happening? Well, Cam, I'm happy. I'm happy that you asked that question. I've actually been the voice of Ghostface for oh, almost thirty years up. now. That is for thirty <laughs> years. So you started when you were what, like four? That's right. <laughs> they had me swearing and speaking all sorts of horrifying <laughs> things, and I was able to summon the voice of a grown man. Oh, that's so dumb. That's so dumb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm your other co-host, Cam. As you have probably guessed, we are reviewing a film this week called Scream 6. It is the sixth film in the Scream franchise and is named as such, unlike its predecessor, which was just called Scream 2022. Uh, they you could also call it, call Scream, it Scream, Scream VI if you are an uncultured and uneducated <laughs> an swine. Uncultured swine. <laughs> yeah, the other Scream movies don't use Roman numerals, I don't believe. Right. Very so, weird. Interesting choice. They're just really trying to make this an almost impossible film franchise to Google or search in the future. Whenever they have like 15 screen movies, they want it to be as confusing. Just like the Fast franchise where like none of them are named the same. Some of them, you know, you get like, you know, Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift, and then you it's like... uh Number four is just called Fast and Furious, and then it's like Fast Five, and then Fast and the Furious Six or something like that. It's just dumb. Um, F seven, you know. It's yeah. These awful. people all need to be fired. I I work with data <laughs> in my job, and I like it when things are named consistently. So we need to we need to do more of that. We need to retcon all of this and and push out some new. This this would be a good promotional sell, but like really we keep it consistent. So like the old days where you have the main title Scream, and then with the sequels it's Scream colon whatever, right? So yeah. Scream Two could be Scream how harder, right? Scream Three could be <laughs> could be <laughs> Scream Three could be Scream Faster. Yeah. Uh, scream Four could be Nowhere to Hide. Uh, so th- I think this is what <laughs> Scream Harder, Scream Faster, and then Nowhere to Hide. What? Yes, yes. Because uh, you you have to abandon the rules, right? You have to break the oh, that's rules. True. 
So and maybe that is the whole thing. They break the rules. Mm-hmm. In fact, Scream, the original, and Scream 2022 are both just titled Scream, but this one is Scream 6. That's right. It's all part of it. Sense. It's all part of it. Um, yeah, who knows? But this is the this is the sixth Scream film in the franchise, but sort of, um, and they even reference it in the, in the movie, it's the sequel to the requel. Um, which a requel is a sequel that is so far removed from the original franchise that it's more like a remake sequel. Think Top Gun Maverick, think Jurassic World, um, and think Scream 2022. So this is a sequel to a requel, which uh, you know they kind of say has no rules, uh, which is pretty funny. There's a lot of a fun, fun meta play on words, type, or, or just like playing on the off the genre and its predecessors and all those things as scream has always been uh, it's it's all of that just kind of magnified in this one we are going to be talking spoilers uh this film did really well in the box office we'll be chatting spoilers i think they're you know we're open to feedback on this we've gone back and forth doing spoiler free spoiler full sometimes for big giant movies we do spoiler free so people can decide if they want to go see it whatever but seriously if you have feedback on that and if you are like actively not listening to episodes because they contain spoilers, please let us know because we're we're constantly looking for ways to improve the show. So let us know. I have a confession. I have blacked out for the past like thirty seconds. Uh-huh. We've been talking only because I thought of an incredible title for Scream. Yes. 5. Okay. Yes. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the plot of Scream Five, <laughs> which is really just Scream. <laughs> 2022 um uh, scream colon screaming la vida loca <laughs> what that's not a great that doesn't even make sense screaming la vida loca you know screaming all over the world you know yeah is that what that it means la vida loca i don't know i don't know but i really just wanted to say that phrase it came to my mind isn't living and la vida loca like living the crazy life the crazy life so screaming the crazy life screaming the crazy life <laughs> see it makes no sense it doesn't make any sense <laughs> oh my gosh just wait till i think of scream six before this episode ends <laughs> wow please don't Let, let's just let's put a pause on that for now you can save your great ideas for yourself kirk all right uh. Let's, this is off to, a, this is a disaster. Um, all right. Um, I can't stop. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me synopse this movie so that we can try to get things back on track, Kirk. Okay. Luckily, there really isn't, it's not, it's nothing too complicated here. Um, this film takes place with just a, a short amount of time between the previous movie and this one. Our uh, protagonist, Samantha, uh, or Sam, has relocated along with her sister to, um, who's played by uh, Jenna Ortega, uh, Tara. Sam and Tara have relocated to New York because Tara is going to college and trying to live her life, and Sam is still haunted by the whole ghost face, Billy Loomis, Richie, like the whole deal uh, that has happened in her life. And so uh, she is dealing with all of that, but uh, they go to New York. But as, as these things happen in the scream universe, you're not really safe anywhere from Ghostface. Ghostface always finds a way. It's always a new ghost face or ghost faces. There's always something going on. And so they quickly find out they are not safe in New York. 
They've got this new friend group. They're trying to figure out who's a suspect, who's not. Um, there are some returning characters. I mean, you have to remember that in the last film, we lost Dewey. Um, Nev Campbell was not in this movie after uh, contract disputes. So that leaves us with Gail Weathers, Courtney Cox. And um, is that the only returning character from the original franchise who appears in this movie, Kirk? From the OG, I do believe it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So that's really it. And then a whole cast of characters returning from Scream 2022. Anything else I need to add before we get into it, Kirk? I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. Well, in that case, let's let's get into it. Um, we're going to start, as we always do, with our acting superlatives. Um, and I am going to kick us off with... And the Oscar goes to. And my Oscar is going to the wonderful and uh, very talented Melissa Barrera, who is bursting her way onto the scene in Hollywood. She's getting some great roles. She's actually going to be starring in a movie with Paul Mescal coming up um, that I'm very excited about. And she was in In the Heights, which I really loved. And she is doing all kinds of great things. She was Sam Carpenter in the first film, reprising her role here. And she's a, she's a great leading lady and, uh, you know, final girl uh, in in the horror movie franchise. She She really keeps a nice, delicate balance of, like, so many different things. She she's she's very kind of neutral as protagonists in horror movies tend to be because they have to, you know, kind of be heroic in in a way. You have to be rooting for them. You don't want them to die, right? So they have to be kind of uh, worth rooting for. But they can't be for that reason. I always feel like a horror movie protagonist can't be too bold in any particular way or the other because you don't want the audience to hate them for any opinions they have or, or what have you. And Melissa Barrera does a really good job of balancing that. And the other thing I like is that in this movie, like the second movie, they kind of, um, they add an interesting or, or sorry, in this movie, like its predecessor, they have this whole storyline with her and her father being Billy Loomis, who was the original Ghostface killer. Um, and how that affects her. And they kind of hint at in the, in the first the Scream 2022. See how confusing this is? They allude to her having that sort of like genetic hereditary thirst for blood and things like that. And they kind of build on that in this movie and you see her grappling with it. And I like that. She delivers the performance in such a way that you really do feel like she is dealing with that. And at any given point, you can't tell like, ooh, is she, is she the killer? Is it possible that she will become the killer? Is she the hero? Can we trust her? There's all these different elements going on. And she balanced that really well in this movie to make it effective. Um, I think it can be extremely difficult to be a lead in a horror movie because you're constantly having to react to things. But again, you can't go too crazy and overact. And um, maybe sometimes she underacts a little bit in terms of like she sometimes certain lines come over a little flat, but more often than not, I think she's, she's playing this perfectly. And I thought she was the the best in this movie. Well, she was quite wonderful. She really was. I'm going to go with a different route and the Oscar goes to miss Jenna or Diga, uh, Disney star Wednesday Adams. 
uh, incredible performance in, a, in an HBO original film called The Fallout that you can still watch that did not get cut by the crazy Warner Brothers uh, deletion from their platform. Um, Jenna Ortega, just an absolute baller. She is someone who is never going to uh, com- complete a performance without doing her homework. She's never going to be half present when she's in a character. This role uh, sometimes, in similar to the last film, Scream 2022, uh, has some moments where her writing is not great, and you could tell, like, this isn't a great line, but I still believe everything she's telling me. And so, even though in the Scream franchise, one of their biggest strengths is the writing, is that she's able to to twist and turn those things and really just give us a very true person looking back at you or looking back at the character. So I, I just really appreciate that out of her. I really appreciate just how authentic that she can become without like bells and whistles and, and fireworks. You just look at her and you're like, this is the realest person I've ever met. This is the this is the girl uh, that I met in high school that was like, I'm not going to buffer anything. I'm just going to I'm not going to filter anything. I'm just going to tell you exactly as it is and exactly as I feel and be really cool while doing it. She's such a cool person. So as Tara, uh, we're pretty cool because in the in the last film she was mostly confined to a hospital bed and running around and getting injured a, lot, a whole lot. This time she had more of uh, an opportunity to fight back in, in an even bigger way. So that was really exciting to see her team up with Melissa Moreira uh, as sisters and really find their bond together. It was really, really quite wonderful to see that connection build and grow, and Jenna Ortega killed it. Pun intended. Nice. Love it. All right, moving on to Scene Stealer. Um, I almost chose Jenna Ortega, and I didn't, Kirk. I think it's because of some of the reasons you talked about. I felt like, in general, the dialogue... Um, writing was a little bit weaker in this movie. I felt like that that was kind of one of my complaints with Melissa Barrera too, is that sometimes it felt like she was just being asked to kind of just advance the plot with a quick like line read that wasn't very thoughtful. It was just kind of like point A to point B. And that was happening with Jenna Ortega too. They were kind of trying to, in my opinion, fast track the relationship aspect of them. Like sometimes they took their time with it. And sometimes they didn't. It was it was a conflict that was sort of the central conflict of the movie, really. And at times the writing just kind of rushed it a little bit. Um, so mm-hmm. I definitely feel when you talk about like some of the the line the line reading was bad just because the the line itself was not not a great line. Um, that uh, I was feeling that as well. Uh, for my scene stealer, I'm going with someone who is an actual scene stealer, meaning they were in one scene and that's Samara weaving, um, who was, they do this great thing in the scream franchise. It's iconic. It's something that they have done forever. Um, think back to the, uh, the Drew Barrymore in the original scream movie. And it has happened in a couple of different horror movies since then that have kind of like copycatted it where they do an opening scene with, a character who isn't seen again the rest of the movie because they're kind of the first kill. And Scream has done a great job of kind of maximizing this by finding just a really great actor who they can get in to do one scene. And Samara Weaving is is a pitch-perfect choice because she has been front and center in many of the recent horror films that have done really well. Um, uh, the 
the what, what am I thinking of? Your not your next. What was the one, the hide and seek one, Kirk? That ready or not? Ready or not? Ready or not? Um, she was so so brilliant in that one, and she's been in a few others. An excellent final girl, an excellent uh, you know scream queen, total boss. Like when she turned the tables on every spoiler alert. When she turned the tables on everybody in Ready or Not and started to take matters back into her own hands, you just believe it. She's awesome. And in this movie, she gives a really electric performance in just a very short amount of time. Very believable. She creates a character out of thin air, uh, and you kind of feel like you know exactly who this person is, uh, her insecurities, what she likes, what she doesn't like, where she's at in her life uh, before she's ultimately killed. And the whole performance is pitch perfect, even all the way down to her death, which is uh, intense, grisly, I don't know. You just feel all the things that you're supposed to feel in that opening scene. And uh, I loved it. So I have to go with Samara weaving. Excellent. Unexpected choice, but it really was a fantastic performance and a great, uh, a great death as well to her. Uh, It really matters when you get cast in this film, can you die? Well, (laughs) and she did. Yes. She, was hauntingly good at when she was dying. I'm like, oh crap, they really just killed her and, and filmed it. It was it was very well done. So excellent choice. I'm gonna flip the tables on the sisters and my scene stealer goes to Melissa Marrera. Um like Camp said she was in in the Heights. That was her biggest kind of debut. And then we had her in Scream 2022 and we have her here and the upcoming film with Mr. Paul Mescal. I think that what this film did for her, not only her performance, but her career was show how comfortable that she can be. When I saw her in the Heights and even when I saw her in the, the last scream film, I just saw, um, not another pretty face, uh, a la Jesse McCartney's song, <laughs> not, <laughs> not someone who like is a Nepo baby or anything like that. Cause I don't think she is, but I just saw someone who was trying to find their footing with some really good foundation. And in this one, she was, no one could stand in her way from absolutely delivering. And so when she popped up on the screen, she was comfortable. She was confident and she was locked in really, really there was, there weren't, there weren't moments of, of dropping the, uh, dropping the facade, dropping the bar, dropping the character. It was all very up to par. And I was very excited when she came onto screen. That's why she's a scene stealer for me this time, because I was a little hesitant. I thought they would up Jenna Ortega's role even above hers. And they didn't, they made them really equal, which was really great. And I think that with the, with the, I don't know if she got, went to additional classes, did some soul searching, really just dove into this character had first felt confident from reviews and from practice rehearsal, whatever. But I really felt that when she was on screen, you could not look away. So congrats, uh, our character, Sam, Melissa Marrera. Barrera, right? Barrera. I had a typo <laughs> on my notes. <laughs> I mean, amazing, amazing R rolling abilities. I still cannot do that. I didn't take Spanish in high school. I, uh, I don't know. I can't do it. I'm, I'm inept. Um, I was vice president of oh. a Spanish club. Oh, look out. That's, that's big news. I'm surprised you've left that to episode almost 300 before you dropped that morsel of uh, info. Hey, I got to keep it fresh. You're a man of many gifts, Kirk. I I appreciate it. All right. (laughs) So we got the actors sorted out. Um, 
nobody throws stones at me for not selecting Jenna Ortega. I, I feel like I have good reasons. I feel like it was it it was more so the writing or anything than anything else. And there were lots of good supporting uh, actors in this movie, so there was lots of hard choices to be made there. Yeah. Um, let's get into the movie itself. I mean, this is this is the sixth Scream movie. You know, this is when franchises get to this point, you start to wonder what's left, what can they do, can they still pull it off, etc. We're going to get into that now, Kirk. Um, we're going to start with Showstopper and the thing that really kind of blew us away or won us over. I think for me, my Showstopper is really related to Ghostface um, because they did some new things with Ghostface that I thought were really interesting um, to just keep the audience, even the most loyal fans of the Scream franchise on their toes. Um, they did a bunch of different things. And, you know, even though you're kind of, you know, when you watch a Scream movie, you're trying to figure it out. It's, it's a lot like watching a whodunit. You're trying to figure out um, who is the ghost face killer. There's usually two. Sometimes there's one. Um, it's rare, but there's almost always two. And so you're, you're trying to put the pieces together. You're looking at the friend group. You're trying to put it all together. But there were a couple of different things that really um, threw us for a curveball. First was in that opening scene when um, we got a double ghost face kill, which was really interesting. So you had a, a character come in, uh, Samara Weaving, who in, in true scream fashion answers the phone, does the whole conversation thing. The suspense builds, it builds and builds and builds. And then all of a sudden she ends up uh, getting killed. Now what we, we all saw that coming, but what we didn't see coming was that Ghostface would immediately unmask himself to reveal that it was uh, actually Tony uh, Revolori who is in the Spider-Man franchise and uh, Grand Budapest Hotel and, and a few other things. Um, he immediately removes his mask and it's him. So you're like, oh my gosh, we know who the killer is. Then he gets hunted down by a different ghost face, which was just an insane twist. I, I don't know. I mean, I was immediately on the edge of my seat after that happened in the first because you're like, okay, this is unprecedented. What's going to happen now? We're like following this guy back to his apartment. He's saying hi to Tara, who's, you know, Jenna Ortega's character. You're like, are we going to go through this whole screen movie knowing who Ghostface is? And... Uh, just having to deal with that, that's that's going to be bizarre. We've never seen things from his perspective. Um, and so that was that was crazy. They end up having him get killed by a ghost face, and then we're back to kind of square one, which was really cool. The other thing they do is um, they have it to where Ghostface is using different weapons. Ghostface appears to be just like totally out for the kill rather than trying to prove a point, just like trying to it just a very vengeful ghost face, which just makes you ask all these questions. I mean, he's using a shotgun in a convenience store. Um, when, when ghost face grabs that gun, that's another moment where as a scream fan, you're just like, Whoa, this is, uh, you know, uncharted territory here. What's going to happen. And then finally they reveal at the end that there were actually three ghost face. One of which was a character that we thought was dead earlier in the film. Really good reveal. Um, keeps you on your toes and they make it so that no matter how familiar you are, no matter how familiar you are with this franchise, um, I feel like not many people were going to figure this one out. I just, I, I, that's, that's genuinely how I feel. There were so many misdirections and sleight of hands. You might've figured out a piece of it, but I feel like there are very few people who have figured out all of it. And I don't know that there are many people who could watch this 
as a Scream fan and genuinely say you weren't caught off guard by a few different things, which is exactly what you need to be doing in the sixth film of a franchise. If you want to keep it fresh, you got to start pushing things, staying within the rules because the rules matter. They matter so much, in especially in Scream, but doing something different to keep people on their toes and keep people um, in this realm of unexpected, which is something I thought they did exceptionally well in this one. That's fantastic. That really is fantastic. Uh, Ghostface himself. That's right. Or herself. You never know. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it's a woman. Sometimes it's a man. You know, sometimes it's multiple people. It's, you never know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have to go with just the writing. I mean, really just, just when it comes down to the writing of this, the, the twists and turns, it's a lot like Cam's, is that I really was compelled to believe every single character potentially could have been the killer, <laughs> including people that we had seen the entire time. I was like, oh, that who never left our sight, including the, the lead girls, uh, <laughs> Melissa and Jenna. I was like, it's my, maybe it is one of them that, that we've never been off screen with them at any point in this particular film. I said, maybe they've, they've turned into magicians and they, they've taken, they've just pulled the wool right over our eyes. I really just think that for the rest of time, for the rest of the Scream films, I'm not going to try to guess who the killer is anymore. I'm just going to enjoy it because you're all the red herrings that are going around, like they're, they're pulling you this way. They're throwing you that way. And at the end of it, even if you had an inkling of what it was, you don't anymore have the whole picture of who it really could be. I just don't know that, that in all of the, the horror mystery genre films, the whodunits, how they can so perfectly create this kind of air. And I'm, I don't know. I like, I like it when I'm duped. I really do. I, I like it when I'm, I, I really think it's someone and they have a compelling reason why it wasn't that person, that it was X person for whatever reason. I really love that there were three killers in this particular film. Uh, that was exciting and, and new. We've never had three before. And really there was like this whole, uh, it, it, it gave the idea of this cult, uh, right? Because we had the, the first, the first and second kill, the first kill rather, uh, of someone who, was a recruit for Ghostface, so I'm just really fascinated with that being built out. That's now that's in there. It's a possibility to build a an army, if you will, uh, of these and how they're going to come after uh, Jenna. I'm sorry, Tara and Sam in the future, and what that looks like. I don't know, uh, but they've laid the foundation for a whole just landscape of possibilities with, with how they've written this out to be specific enough and open enough for world building. So the writing, the twists and turns, the suspense, it really is just top notch for me. Yeah. And I mean, I think you can go even farther than that, Kirk. Like I think the, the characters, like there were no wasted, there were really no wasted characters in this movie. Yeah. Like, no, every, every character had a purpose. And I think in some, some of the screen iterations, and I mean, some of them are bad, you know, some of the screen movies just aren't good movies, but in, in some iterations you have characters who are just there to be a red herring and don't serve any actual real plot purpose or they don't serve you know they're just there to be killed and they don't really have any other impact on the plot whatever this movie didn't fall into that trap at all and um i also think that the social commentary which is key to every scream film and whenever they decided to kind of like reboot requel whatever this they had to think about is there 
are there new things going on in society that we could comment on? Uh, it was super sharp in this one, just kind of about um, uh, how people can obscure information on the internet and how, you know, people can come up with narratives about people that are not true, but they catch fire because somebody was really thoughtful about the way that they turn people against this person on the internet. Like there was some interesting stuff going on there. So that was yeah. really cool to see. To quote Beyonce or sorry, destiny's child. Um, you know, I'm not going to diss you on the internet because my mama taught me better than that. Yes. Was, you know, that lyric came to mind as I watched this. <laughs> and <they> were <laughs> of course, struggling against the rumors, the online rumors. I'd be shocked if it didn't come to mind, Kirk. That's uh, <laughs> that's a, a good call out. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to director shoes. Some things we would have changed with this movie. I think for me, um, I found this movie and, and I have, I have more, I think I have more issues with this movie than just this, but I think the big one for me was I found this movie to be a little bit self-indulgent at times with some of the um, scare set pieces. Like they dragged things on a little too long to where the suspense kind of dies out. I think this was especially evident in the subway scene um, where that scene was just too long and we weren't able to sustain the level of suspense that was necessary the whole time we're kind of bouncing between two trains. The groups get separated. You don't know where the threat is, but after a while of that, you just kind of don't care. You're like, whatever's going to happen. I needed to just happen so we can move on with the story. And there were a couple of times. I also think the, um, one of the other big times is when they make it into the final area, the sort of uh, kill box, uh, the theater with all of the, the, you know, the scream shrine, the ghost face shrine going on there. That, whole thing unfolded pretty slowly in terms of once it got moving it, it did get moving but we were in there for a long time kind of having conversations um where the suspense level just wasn't kept up and i think the spacing on when certain key events happened there was not spaced out optimally for maximum suspense and effects so like um the friend whose name i am forgetting who's like the love interest of Tara uh, Chad <laughs> yeah they make a joke about his name being Chad him getting stabbed a thousand times by the time you get to the end of the the whole sequence that feels like eons ago that he was stabbed when it should be part of the final climax like st it should be phase one of the full climax so I think there were just a couple of times where they had a set piece like a horror set piece a scare set piece that they really liked and they liked it too much and they just couldn't let it go. And it could have used some editing down and cutting out some things that were unnecessary. So that's really, that's really the big one for me. Wonderful. I've got a couple, um, the, basically the shrine, the scream shrine, ghost face shrine, it worked aesthetically, but it wasn't the right spacing for our characters. Um, when they first find it, when they stumble upon it and they're investigating, they're looking through all of the, the, uh, the, the, not the replicas, the original items, the actual kill items, uh, and stab items throughout that are encased in the part of the history of, of the entire scream series as we know it. I think that that is such a long and boring and low energy sequence. Um, Kirby, we're trying to get to know more about Kirby and introduce her as a possible threat. We are trying to establish the spacing uh, of what this world looks like. Uh, and, and then we leave it right. And then we come back to it, but it really is low energy 
interesting right when we get there and then we stay there too long, way too long. Um, in fact, if they would have cut that sequence in half, it would have made the finale much better because there would have been more to explore. That said, when we get to that final that final battle, uh, bonanza, I almost said, <laughs> the final bonanza <laughs> battle, we are are trapped a little too much, but not in a good way. The blocking becomes repetitive. I'm going to run this way. Oh, you're trapped by uh, ghost face number one. I'm going to run this way. I'm trapped by ghost face number two. At one point, they should have, one of the ghost face, they should have just straight up offed one of the sisters, but instead they throw them back into the middle to keep monologuing. I don't think that would have happened with all with their motives. I think they would have been like, no, this is too important. I'm going to kill you right now instead of throwing them back into the center aisle. Um, so the blocking on that was was very strange because they really wanted to get some more out of the villains, cement these villains because they didn't have an opportunity earlier to be as big of a threat as it would have given it too much away to lead us to believe that all three of these were possibly connected. So I think those, those two things, low energy at the, at the scream shrine, even though the idea of it is, was such a good idea and the introduction to it was so well cut that first sequence in half and give us a final battle that moves a little bit faster. Just like Cam had said, moves a little bit faster, cut down on some of those monologues, maybe merge some of that. It just got a little too repetitive for me. Those are great call outs. I love when you call out the blocking because it is something that I can never put my finger on. It just never is. And I think that your theater background, you're just like, you're so attuned to it. And, and I love that because there will be times where something is weird physically with the scene, with how like kinetically how things are moving. And I, I can't verbalize it or understand what it is, but you, you hit the nail on the head with that. I, that's, that's really good insight. Kinetic um, is such a good word for that because I mean, all, all the time we have, on a movie, we have characters moving around a space, whether it's outside, inside, both, whatever. And it's so important the way they move tells the story and advances the story. Um, we've mentioned that we've we recently reviewed The Whale this past Oscar season and in that, it was originally a play, and you had characters standing up and moving to a different place with zero motivation. They would stand and they would walk away. You've seen it yourself in a movie or in a play that you're watching. Someone walks away and then immediately walks back with no reason to whatsoever just because they wanted to <laughs> physically move about the space. And so when you have unmotivated kinetic movement or wrong movement that does not advance the story, it's very apparent and it can really... It can really rub rub someone the right way. Maybe even lose some points on a movie Ooh. review podcast. Uh oh. Yeah, it could. It could, Kirk. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's move into final thoughts and scores on Scream Six. It you know it's it's so tough to kind of pit these movies against each other and decide which one that you like the best and, and there's always recency bias and things like that. But that being said, my overall takeaway is that this is one of the best scream films in the entire franchise. I think there's a really strong argument to be made that it's um, top three. I think that that's probably where I would put it amongst the six. So it, it does so much well. And, and I think that really what it all comes down to is the part that Kirk Kirk hit on and the, and the part that I hit on as well. And my showstopper, which is that, the the core of it, the core story, the characters, the what they're trying to tell, what they're trying to say is 
fabulous. It's good. It's so entertaining. The characters are compelling. We and, and actually we've expanded beyond. You know, they're doing what they did in in the first few Scream movies where, yeah, there was Nev Campbell, but there was also her group of friends that kind of got built out um, over time. And now they've got, you know, the core four is, was the kind of the running joke in this movie. And each one of those characters is somebody you root for. It's somebody you care about. It's compelling. And you also don't feel like any of them are off limits. You don't feel like anybody cannot be killed with the upset, with the exception of maybe, you know, probably Sam Carpenter and, and maybe Tara, but they, they do a really good job of making you feel like anything and everything is on the table in this movie. You don't know where it's going to end. It's highly entertaining um, the majority of the time. There are a few times they stretch things out too far, but the jokes are sharp and funny. The kills are exciting, new. Um, they, they had some great little nuggets in here. Uh, I love that in... Uh, the first scene of the movie we see in the background, a vertigo poster on the wall of the apartment. And then they have a scene where a character looks down and loses focus, just like in the movie vertigo. There's so many epic nuggets for movie lovers and uh, lovers of the scream franchise in this one. It's just really, um, it's not deliberate fan service, which I like but they they're serving the fans by telling a story that is going to matter to the fans of this franchise and matter to movie fans. And that just makes for a really fun ride. Um, so, I mean, for, for me, like I've always really liked scream Two. this movie, uh, borrows elements from scream Two because they're kind of naturally, uh, kindred spirits being the second film in, in the franchise in a way it's kind of strange, but, uh, they, they do it better, honestly, in a lot of ways than, than Scream 2. You know, they're at the university. They use things in a lot more interesting way, and it just is a really fun time. It's not perfect. None of these Scream films are, but, man, I, the one thing I said to Kirk, uh, which may have kind of tipped my hand a little bit um, as we were walking out of the theater because we try not to converse about it, but the one thing I said is, isn't aren't, aren't these movies just so fun like isn't it just fun to have scream films around like aren't you glad when you see one come across and you know that it's coming out that's how i feel and i you know left this movie even more excited for the seventh installment when it eventually comes um it's just a great time so you know not perfect but you're going to have a blast with it, particularly if you like Scream or horror or films in general. So I'm giving it a 7.9 out of 10. Um, I thought it was a great time. I think you're right. It's in the top three. It, it really is. I, and what's funny about it is it would probably go <laughs> the original Scream. Yep. Um, then this and then Scream 2022. <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah, I, that's that's where my head's at. Scream, Scream Six, Scream is in the full list. Wait, of, finish it out. Then, then where do you go? Two. Well, here we go. Two, Before four, three. I, well, I gotta, I gotta watch them back because I don't okay. really remember four at all, like at all. So I really need to. And three is a little bit fuzzy for me, honestly. It's been a while, um, so I gotta do it before I give my final score. Keep your visual up for the podcast for the the YouTube screen here. Uh, I, I came up with some more names. I got to say, oh, I, they, no. just, they came to me. Oh, no. I, guys and gals, I've got, I've fixed the naming convention for Scream and I even planned for the future. So we've got some oh, good perfect. ones here. I just, I want to see your face. I know the audience that's listening via podcast can't, but make sure you check it out online. I want to see your face while I say these. Mm-hmm. Are you ready, Cam? I, well, we'll see. Okay. I'm not touching the first one. The first one is Scream. That's it. 
set done simple in, done in like madonna complete. exactly <laughs> and some of them are the same that you heard earlier scream two scream harder perfect scream three scream louder okay scream four nowhere to hide <laughs> this is the same thing it makes no but, sense hold on hold on hold on i'm, I'm gearing up but there's gonna be 12 Skier, scream five Scream in La Vida Loca. Maybe my favorite title. <laughs> Might be my what favorite What are we one. doing? Scream 6, Kicking and Screaming. Okay, uh, that's good. Uh, right? Scream 7, No One Can Hear You Scream in Space. Oh. The caveat to this. <laughs> Much like the Fast and the Furious crew went to space, I feel like Ghostface could could run someone up there. He like gets trapped uh, in, an, in a shuttle <laughs> in a spaceship and follows them up, and there's murder in space. Maybe it's a colony. Maybe it's a futuristic yes. flash forward. No one can hear you scream in space. Scream 8, Scream 2030. Scream, <laughs> scream 9. Scream 2. Scream. What? This is going to be a rough patch for the Scream oh, no. franchise. Scream 10. Decimo Grito. That means the 10th scream. Like we're oh, going to have like a gosh. really, a really ethnic, uh, maybe, maybe a, a, a trip. Maybe it's uh, Jenna Ortega's senior year at college and she studies abroad and Ghostface follows to her Spain? to Madrid. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm almost done. I've got two more. Oh gosh. You're um, not done. No, there's more. I, I I just I felt I felt so inspired. Yeah, scream eleven, right? Scream eleven. I'm still screaming. Parentheses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. And then finally, scream twelve. Maybe where the franchise should end after all those titles. Scream demic. Oh, I thought you were gonna say twelve screamers screaming. Oh, what a that would have been <laughs> Scream demic is. Not your best work. <laughs> Pan screamic. <laughs> Pan screamic. <laughs> that's way stupider. Okay, let's get off of this. This is this is ridiculous. Well done though. I mean, for the most part, that's like probably a thirty-three percent hit rate in terms of good names versus bad names. So I feel like that's that's pretty good. I mean, I'm just gonna try. Oh, I have to give my score now on this film. Yes, um, I'm did. gonna say <laughs> again, it's number two of the full scream franchise. It is exciting. It's enthralling. It's just the right amount of gore. Uh, it never gets to a gross point. So if you're like, oh, I don't really like horror movies. I don't really like horror movies. I don't really enjoy being scared. Um, but this is something that's not not scary. It's It really is a thrill ride. And it, it, it toes the line to give you that, that little... Um, thankfulness that you're not in this situation <laughs> hopefully you never are and just the this the whodunit unraveling the mystery and connecting with these characters it, it's really it's always true the scream franchise is always true to creating characters that are relatable um the audience surrogate as they call it so that way you could say that's who i'm following i would do the same thing i would or, or i would never run upstairs or i would never go into that garage and get you know murdered by get get murdered by the closing of the garage uh <laughs> whatever kill is your favorite that'd be a fun a fun kind of hierarchy or a favorite scream kill in the franchise all that said it has a couple of, of blips, but it's really quite enjoyable, extremely entertaining. And this gets an 8.0 uh, right next to Cam's 8.0 out of 10 kernels. You crossed the eight threshold, Kirk. 
I did. I that's, did. That's high praise from you. I always feel like you're a bit of a, a tough grader, and and I I like that about you. I respect it. So I'm I'm taking that one to the bank. Eight point from Kirk on Scream Six. That's that's good stuff right there. All right, Scream fans, movie fans. If you watch Scream or if you haven't, uh, hopefully you didn't listen to this because that would have spoiled everything. <laughs> or maybe maybe you just don't care. Um, let us know your thoughts. We want to know your thoughts. I, I, I posted uh, on social a few days ago, just kind of like other than the original, because I haven't, I have yet to meet someone who says the original is not the best one. Like every single person I've talked to about scream, which is a lot of people. It's been around for a long time. Everybody says the original is best, but I'm always curious what sequels people like, because some people have really strong feelings about this. So, um, Drop your thoughts on that post if you can find it. Uh, we'll keep talking Scream. You can hit us on Discord with your rankings of the Scream sequels. Or if you do think any of these are better than Scream 1, definitely share your opinion because you're like a needle in a haystack. Um, but we want to know. Such a fun franchise to talk about. So glad that we uh, got the chance to this week. Next week, we are going to be reviewing Shazam! Fury of the Gods, uh, the sequel. So we're going to be getting back into our uh, superhero DCEU kind of um, sequel verse there, and, and we'll be sure to share our thoughts with you. So, Did you hear that? I did. I think it was you making a sound. What's up, Kirk? <laughs> no, I think it's a phone. I think your phone's ringing, Cam. <laughs> okay, you I'll, should probably answer here, it. I'll answer my real phone and put it up to my headphones. Yeah. Hello? Hey, Cam. How's it going? <laughs> Great. It's been a minute, but I heard you didn't like my movie titles. Oh, this is Kirk. That's right. I've tricked you the whole time. I've been inside the podcast the entire time. <laughs> oh, what a twist. What a and twist. I'm going to get you in Scream 13, Podcast of Death. <laughs> okay, that's the worst title of them all. Easily. I didn't think it could get worse. It did. Um, so there's that. <laughs> I have no words, Kirk. Uh, Look who's screaming now. I'm just going to play the music. That's a good one. I'm just going to play one. the music. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, if you're still listening, which is uh, really doubtful at this point, I would say. <laughs> but um, We will see you sometime during the next week for more What's Poppin' in our review of Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Uh, be sure to listen to Rhetoric, who created our original music. We will see you next time. Talk to you then.